0: why hello thrivers what is a thriver you ask if you're a thriver it means you're a fan of this show that's right while you're all thrivers in my heart there's a more official way to become one if you catch my drift go to www.patreon.com slash mr thrive to become a patron to this exciting opportunity for exclusive content live updates experimental media insights and more all to keep you more in the action Become a thriver today at patreon.com/mrthrive. Enjoy the show. You have stumbled upon Stars of Tomorrow, where every Friday, I, Mr. Thrive, interview someone like content creator
1: Jillian Patterson who is yet to be discovered.
0: This up-and-coming podcast talks with the up-and-coming. I'll admit I, I hesitated when I said every Friday because this last week I actually took the holiday hiatus because Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and New Year's and all that shenanigans that happened there. Winter was crazy. Winter had came and it was absolutely gnarly. But uh, now to warm our hearts is Jillian Patterson here with us today. Oh, hello. Welcome to the podcast, my friend.
1: Oh, I am I feel so welcome. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I missed you. And, <laughs> yeah. and by the
0: way, Jillian is a committed friend and partner because she came all the way down from San Francisco to collaborate on this podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Woo. That's pretty amazing. How many miles is that, by the way? That's oh, like, oh what is it, 500? Oh, it's, a
1: hundred. It's, it's a couple hundred. It's a couple hundred miles. Good, it's a good, like, six to eight hour drive right if we drove right but okay did, you didn't just crazy.
0: come down here to la just for that I'll yeah. admit, you didn't just come down just for the podcast no,
1: no no no
0: you came to visit family
1: you know i have a i have a thing called family yeah down here
0: right right
1: we drove two hours no.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: from san diego that's right
0: that you did that you did which yeah. i'm very 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 thankful for and i'm yes. so happy you came up here yeah so it's pretty great the drive mm-hmm. wasn't too crazy, no?
1: No, no, no. We drove early enough. It's anytime, dude. Anytime. We're happy.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And and when you just said we, just now, one thing to acknowledge is our lovely fly on the wall this evening. We mm-hmm. have a one-man audience with JJ. Yeah,
1: your my husband. husband. Oh, also, side note, he's also my co-host for our podcast. That's right. Yeah. You're the
0: first fellow podcaster I've brought onto the podcast. Ah! I- so podcastception tell us a little bit about your podcast
1: so um i am currently hosting slash co-hosting two podcasts um my standalone podcast adultish um where i'm basically trying to be like uh like millennial oprah
2: <laughs> millennial <laughs> yes oprah.
1: adultish um and then um i wow i just said um like three times anyways Um, The podcast that I host with my husband, um, JJ, is called Culture Pop, where we talk about all the nerd movie stuff. Movie, TV shows, anything nerd, video games, we talk about it all on Culture Pop.
0: I've listened to both your podcasts, and... They're very fun to listen to. I, I, they, they are. No, they're good and they're, and they're thank wise. You. They, they possess a lot of wisdom mm. and and you know they've they've gotten me through a couple of days. And oh. so I think that's what's essential about your podcast. You know,
1: oh thank. It really is
0: a real good down to earth podcast. And so you should feel very proud of that.
1: I am, and I try. Thank you, Chaz. Thank yeah. you, Chaz. Yours is fun to listen to too. Now thank we're you. just. it's just like a love circle uh
0: (laughs) i i like to give compliments i wouldn't bring you on the show if i wasn't going to give you a compliment you're right although one day i I should do that just for fun (laughs) i should bring on someone that i hate that i absolutely despise oh god and and just completely berate them on the podcast
1: oh no (laughs) it's like i hate your shoes yeah i hate your hair
0: (laughs) your smile looks like it was made In China. No, I don't know. Oh, no. Sorry, China. Oh, sorry, China. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Apologies. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. Where do we go from here, Jess?
0: Well, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Yes. Uh, We can can talk about what you're doing these days Mm because you told us a little bit about your podcasting, but that's not the only thing that you do.
1: No, it is not.
0: You are a content creator, but Mm -hmm. what else fits under the umbrella of being a content creator for you in your current life?
1: Yeah, um, so I've always, um, dabbled in poetry, so I have a blog, um, I put some of my poetry there as well, I kind of just do hot takes on just whatever pops in my head, um, I like to bring some attention to, like, mental health and stuff, um, on my personal social medias, um, Jill's Adultish, um, more specifically on Instagram, it's kind of popping over there, um, so I'm trying to make content for Instagram, mention the blog, Poetry, um, let's see, trying to get back into some video making. I did some, like, vlog-type stuff um, on my YouTube channel, Jill's Adultish. Um, yeah, so video, podcast, blog, doing all the stuff.
0: I think that's pretty remarkable, and I, I've always seen you as a busy person who... <laughs> well, you keep yourself busy with art, and, yeah. and it's actually inspired me um. a, a little bit. The way that I met Jillian... Mm-hmm was well, I met her at San Francisco State. She was actually one of the first people I met at San Francisco State. Oh, yeah. And she was this cool, sweet, welcoming person. She was one of the first people that made me feel like San Francisco State could potentially be a home when I went to that school. Uh. And then I, I felt especially honored in my senior year of college to be in the same thesis class as her.
1: Oh, that was so fun. Yeah,
0: that was that was a good class for sure.
1: Yeah, it was a good group of people with with our
0: our instructor Natalie. Yes. Who I think I brought up earlier, but on the podcast, but mm-hmm. with Natalie, she she gave she gave me some hardships during that class because uh-huh. when I I will say this this was a flaw. Oh, no. uh, as much as I, this is constructive criticism. Yes. And and by the way, she taught me this the the means of constructive criticism, right? Where uh-huh. it's a sandwich, right? Compliment, uh, criticism, mm-hmm. compliment, right? Yeah. So my compliment is that Natalie, uh, made me realize some things in myself
2: mm-hmm.
0: that that opened my eyes on how to be a better director and screenwriter. Yeah. Um. However, the, my constructive criticism for her is that. I think that she regarded some opinions in the class as mm-hmm. right or wrong when an opinion mm-hmm. is nothing but an opinion,
1: yeah, she i you're definitely not the only person to feel that. I mean, just just looking at the class like i I love that like um, it's one of those uh tough love things, and I feel like when you're dealing with someone's um work like the thing that they've crafted, like it's sometimes it's a little bit harder to separate you know like your personal opinion from like uh the person's work sometimes you know i feel like there was a little bit of that going on (laughs) there there was
0: there was but at the same time i remember you know leaving that class yeah and maybe i felt just a little bit of dismay right Mm -hmm. but what occurred to me Mm -hmm. was that the 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 strengths that i had leaving that class Mm -hmm. were
1: amplified because of her yeah it's never that's the thing it's never a personal thing and i feel like um like a lot of the goal of criticism like that like is to is to like push something in the other person you know yeah um and i feel like she did that like it's not comfortable for sure oh it's it's so not comfortable
0: no it's not (laughs)
1: But I feel like and I am glad to hear that um on the other end of it that like there's yeah. good things that came out of it. Right. I feel like that's that is the mark of like a good teacher.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think she was overall, yeah. you know? What were some of the ways that you grew in that class?
1: So <laughs> um it's but <laughs> it's kind of more of a personal thing. Like I um I'm glad that I got to like um what is it? Just like show off a little bit of, like, what I've learned in blah, 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 film school, like, senior project thing. Well, it's not senior project, it's thesis film. Um, but I know, um, I, I really loved getting feedback, um, because it's, it's easy to, like, um, be in your own head when you're creating stuff, but I learned more of a personal thing, (laughs) honestly. Um, like, she, she kept like giving this like comment just like, is this a coming out film? Like I had my my thesis film Plastic Pools focused on a female friendship being broken up by like a third, um, what is it, shiny new mm-hmm. lady friend. Um, and she was like, Is this a coming out film? Like does she have a crush on this other girl? I was like, No, you know, I don't know. Like I had I didn't write it that way. But like right. if you take it that way, that's fine. Um <laughs> looking back at it it totally is (laughs) it is totally coming out film like literally it had all of the tropes of um what is it like a like a what is it like a like a new like budding romance thing or like when when the new girl is introduced like the crowd literally parts there is a literal spotlight on this girl and like this my main character is enamored by her and i was totally just like no you know it's 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 not it's not a crush uh, totally was a coming out film, um, I am bisexual, um, I, like, I always knew that, whatever, but, like, um, just having someone, like, a stranger see my work, like, a thing that I wrote, directed, and put out there into the world for them to, like, recognize that (laughs) just so bluntly, this was just, like, in the process of making it, like, it wasn't even, like, even, like, she's been saying that before the, the film was finished, I was like, yeah, totally, but it totally is it it affirmed for me that um as a writer director um your work really reflects like things in your own life and aspects about yourself that like either you consciously or subconsciously like put out onto the screen it's it really affirmed that for me being in that class oh yeah yeah and i've always firmly believed it but like seeing it like in practice like it's just like fuck
0: (laughs) No, totally. Yeah. I I, I loved that class. I'll always cherish the memories of that class. As I have, it mm-hmm. framed the the poster from our class. We oh. we together designed a poster.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, of the class and there's a lot of inside jokes. There's a dumpster with oh, flames gosh. coming out of it.
1: It's a dumpster fire.
0: It's a dumpster fire, Long and Star inside it, there's like a key prop from every single movie yeah. from our class.
1: Oh, so good.
0: So like I had the I was the painter, and you could see like a, a paint palette uh, yeah. in there, and then you could see like.
1: Mm-hmm. there's
0: a guitar from yeah. from uh oh,
1: the the, oh, fuck, the player yeah
0: yeah the, oh Something god like
1: that oh god <laughs> there's there's
0: a pool p- table stick from sharks yeah there's a little cube from from our friend aaron abram pain
1: cube i remember pain cube one. yeah so
0: good oh my god but then also um sophia on her shoot mm-hmm. one of my dear friends i i love her to death love Sophia. she just she... had her
1: second baby Ugh. Yeah, she yeah. did.
0: But um, they they lost a Zeppelin uh, cover for a boom microphone. Yeah, and and it's right that. there next to the dumpster. So, oh my god. I I'll I'll be posting that that so photo good. later. But yeah. oh my god, I it was just such a i i have it all signed mm-hmm. by everyone in the in the class because everyone had such promising qualities that
1: mine had a little smiley face underneath it yes that's how it you does know it's mine.
0: i actually you know to be honest to this day i didn't know that was your signature up oh, until well, now now
1: you know now you know it's a squiggle <laughs> the smiley face
0: there you I'm, go i i dig it that's a way better signature than anything i could ever make. <laughs> someone else had
1: his smiley face i don't i don't remember oh i don't know
0: name. who's that now that you say it i don't know who's who's that
1: is that's Ooh, weird that's funny hmm. oh that's so funny hmm. anyways anyway <laughs> picture going up
0: picture is gonna go up later I want to know, is that a thing to put a, a smiley face in signatures? Is that a common thing to no, do?
1: No, I just did that so that people know it was me. Right. It'd be funny <laughs> if every
0: individual signature also came with like a face.
1: Oh, uh, just like if you're like an angry person, just like a frowny face. Right. Or you, like a confused face. You turn that, face. you turn
0: the letter T into like an angry face. <laughs> yes. That'd be classic. That'd be perfect.
1: We just all sign in emojis now. Right. You heard it here first. Yeah. The future is now.
0: Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> I love the text that you get during the holidays. Do you get those same texts of like hmm. the really trashy? Mm. uh text with all the euphemisms in it
2: oh god and it
0: has like a bunch of uh like like emojis in it and mm. it, it makes it really dura- like like it gets really raunchy have you seen those
1: no what are you talking about hold
0: on let me see if i can like who find a screenshot texting?
1: who has your number Chad? hold on
0: yeah <laughs> hold on let me try to find it here it's um
1: is it like companies
0: uh no it's not companies oh yeah yeah here it is okay oh no so like so like, my best friend Josh Miller, oh no. who is not afraid to be raunchy, what he will do mm-hmm. is he. I. He, it's not him who makes it. I think he receives it from someone, and
1: then he just passes but, it on. But yes. I'm just
0: gonna read this out loud. This oh is no. for Thanksgiving. Wait,
1: you have to read the emojis too.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, happy thoughts giving. Oh. Wet emoji turkey 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 uh-huh. fork and knife. Tongue and tongue. Oh, God. Turkey isn't the only thing getting stuffed with an okay symbol and the finger pointing at it,
2: uh-huh. a tongue,
0: mm-hmm. and a bunch of faces that look like it's crying, but it's more like an orgasm. Classy. You're one of my favorite hoes.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, I guess, like, two people standing next to each other, a peach, Uh huh. wet emoji, two hearts. Cute. I'm, fil- I'm so thankful to have a filthy slut like you in my life. Eggplant emoji, wet, wet, wet. Well, damn. Something with fall leaves. Uh-huh. Send this to 10 of the nastiest oh. lip emoji, girl dancing emoji, pilgrims, you know, turkey, turkey, orgasm okay. face, orgasm face, smirk, smirk. Uh-huh. If you get three back, then uh-huh. you really a hoe.
1: Oh, okay. my God. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Again, who are you giving your number to?
0: <laughs> I gotta stop being friends with people. You
1: gotta stop being friends with people, <laughs>
0: it's clearly a problem yeah oh my god but that's
1: funny oh my god. but we all have that
0: one friend who's like the perfectly destructive person who's your perfectly destructive person
1: oh are you really asking well I married him JJ aww No, look no what, what you no. did it's I on know. record now he has no filter unlike this microphone that has a pop filter <laughs> he has not if he was a microphone he would not have a pop filter uh, no but he's it's funny that it, might be
0: the nicest metaphor you've ever given him
1: um he's not even listening no but <laughs> <laughs> Now he's ignoring me. Damn. Um, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, I married him. Um, but you know, it it keeps keeps things keep things light. So right. <laughs> I appreciate the destructive people. Right. Yes. Well,
0: bringing it back to back to the thesis class, I just want to say I'm, I'm so happy that to have just one of the many thesis students mm-hmm. in, with me in this room in that class. Ah. I think that that thesis program really gave me a lot of confidence as a mm-hmm. creator mm-hmm. and. I want to say that anyone from our thesis class who is listening mm-hmm. is more than welcome to jump onto the podcast because I would love to have yes. people like Rick Petty over, Aaron Abrams, Matt Thompson. Um, oh,
1: Matt. Yes.
0: Uh, who else was there?
1: <laughs> Are we just going to go through the... Let's oh, go through... Sophia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. We have to make Wiley. this a thing. Yeah. Oh, Wiley. He's Aww. still doing like sound stuff. He
0: is still doing sound yeah. stuff. Yeah.
1: Okay, we all, okay, we need to do, you need to do, like, a podcast tour across San Francisco. Where we, where, we. The thesis,
0: the thesis special.
1: Yeah. Everyone in my thesis
0: class. Because there were a lot of promising personalities in my thesis class. And I want to know, like, where you guys have gone and what you guys have been doing. Yes. You know, you guys deserve a little bit of a spotlight, a little bit of pat on the back
1: yeah because what we're doing yeah i i agree you guys are
0: pretty remarkable people and to learn more about you guys in a way that i never could during that thesis class would be nothing but a privilege
1: shout out to uh what is it what was this to the spring 2017 (laughs) thesis class
0: that was a pretty fun thesis class that was was
1: yeah everyone was stressed the hell out because we only had one semester to do this whole thing right versus the (laughs) fall kids who had the
0: entire year yeah Which is like what?
1: Okay, oh my gosh, that was that was, I you know what I kind of liked it. Anyways, it was.
0: We I remember I remember Scott Boswell saying that we had the boot camp of thesis classes,
1: which is cool, and we
0: truly did. And I felt more accomplished having a boot camp worth of time Mm -hmm. versus an entire year worth of time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of sitting involved, which is which is fine. I like. I feel like in in the real world of uh, quote-unquote filmmaking because filmmaking is really what you make of it sure but like in the real world there is a lot of sitting and i feel like in in the semester long it's just like you're gonna make like a an eight to ten minute thing in like how many months was that six months
0: that was less six than months. six months Less than six months. in like five months yeah go
1: do it great cool and you did it right you made it work right. so it's like i feel like it's a good practice if like Downsizing and like really being more direct with like what you're doing oh yeah yeah
0: no absolutely yeah yeah oh my god but bringing it back to you now i want to know you know you you have a very creative way if you guys ever get the chance to check out plastic pools please (laughs) do so you can tell that jillian has been inspired by something but what is it the main thing that inspired your style
1: of um, storytelling. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I, my, okay, how do I put this? <laughs> I, I like a couple of different things, but my my inspiration in filmmaking, one of the big ones, like, since, like, before, well, since before I started taking film classes, like, my freshman year um, at State, I did some research into Maya Deren, um, who is a surrealist um, filmmaker from the 70s. Um, I actually have a tattoo of one of her characters um, from *Meshes of the Afternoon*, mm-hmm. um, uh, proudly displayed on my forearm. I really like that she she was like an all-in-one like filmmaker. Like she wrote, directed, produced, distributed. Like I think she edited like her own films like from the ground up. Like she wow. and she acted in them. Like she used to be a dancer. Like uh, she was she really made things work and I think like I admire that like I like being like me (laughs) like as like like as an individual like I feel like one of the biggest hang-ups has been like oh I don't know like like asking people for help sometimes is like super hard for me so like knowing that there is a famous person out there that like made shit happen on their own like it's nice to have other people help but it's like if the one thing holding you back is not having other people there, like, you know, you have to have that drive to, like, make the shit happen. It's the mark uh, of a
0: true artist.
1: Exactly. So, um, so I really admire that about her, like, making it happen. Like, she was like, my shit might be a little bit weird. I'm just gonna fucking distribute it myself then. <laughs> like, right. yeah, so it's, it's good. And it's one thing cool. about,
0: one thing about my idea, and that I remember from a little bit of the studies that, that I've saw of hers was that she was very experimental yeah and that she broke a lot of rules
1: oh yeah oh my gosh yes yeah um as i mentioned before her most famous film uh, meshes of the afternoon it's one of her most recognizable pieces um but even that being the most recognizable one um like it's still pretty pretty out there like you you watch it a couple times and you notice like different things about it like even now and like i i honestly don't even think like, in the 70s when she made her stuff. Like, I don't think she even intended for it to be, like, taught in film schools. And like, right. Like, showed in, like, in the year 2019, I like, to her it was probably just, like, a random number that, like, she was, like, she didn't know her stuff was going right. to survive this long. Um, Oh, fuck. I kind of lost my train of thought. But anyways.
0: She's just a remarkable filmmaker.
1: Yeah. Is she still alive? No. No, no, no. She, she died a while back um i forgot how she passed but yeah she she passed away a while back um uh, near the end she started making stuff with her husband um at the time sorry i'm just like looking off into the distance <laughs>
2: do you think no no no, no, no. you're good
1: <laughs> but yeah um yeah i'm pretty sure she passed away like she'd be super old if she was still alive i'm pretty sure she passed though yeah
0: experimental film is just something that i've i've mm-hmm. I, I I had a little bit of a chance to experiment, but only on my own. And I have always mm-hmm. envied those who took the experimental class. Mm-hmm. I did take like an experimental, like thesis class. Yeah, and that was a very mesmerizing class that I definitely, <laughs> I definitely fell asleep in a few times. That's
1: fine. Yeah. <laughs> like
0: there was like there was like one there was like one movie like experimental film. Like it sounds fun, mm-hmm. guys, but like sometimes it's not. Yeah. Like, there was like one experimental film where it was just a woman
2: oh, sitting at a yeah. table.
0: Yeah, and it's a slow 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 yes zoom in
1: oh my that god that
0: took place Ugh. for over an hour and a half so oh, and you bet your ass that, that was the best nap I ever took in class oh it was actually the only god. nap I ever took in <laughs> class <laughs> He's but lying. like uh is it am i lying oh i might be i might be lying <laughs> wait did, were you were you in a class where i fell asleep
1: uh no but i just know you <laughs>
0: i am actually i i'm not a, I'm not a, a napper I always You're not, a it, napper. I'm not i I'm not I like to nap, but like not not during class <laughs> i one thing about me I don't allow myself to fall asleep during movies, typically,
1: yeah, like, I was gonna say like as a yeah. as a film lover, like yeah, <laughs> but I
0: definitely have fallen asleep in that experimental class because that was hard to watch.
1: It's oh my gosh, one of my favorite i freaking forgot the name of this one of my favorite experimental films was like, um, what is it oh my gosh, it's this like I feel like. It's not the one you're talking about, I don't think. Right. But there's this, like, it's, like, a security camera that's, like, on one side of a room. It was also from the 70s. Okay. And, like, it's slowly, very slowly zooming in to a picture. And, like, outside you can see, like, that cars was driving one. back. Yeah, yeah. That was cars driving back. Like, someone literally just, like, walks in and, like, dies, like... On the side of the screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just like walk in, something happens, like they get shot or something, and they like die. Oh, I did not see this. And the camera doesn't like move to them, it just keeps zooming in on the same spot while things are happening around it. It is so interesting. Okay. How long did
0: that take place for? Oh,
1: God. That was like, that was almost an hour that was like so i thought that was so freaking interesting like it gives you so much time to think about like what what is film what is this what am i watching i like right. that's the cycle of watching like an experimental things. like why are they showing me this what is this what is film is this a film i don't know what's right. happening right yeah and
0: i guess the answer is that it's all ambiguous there's all these question marks <laughs> that is there necessarily a black and white answer like, like yeah, no, math no. has no
1: never no no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. not at all <laughs> Yeah. But
0: I I was gonna I was gonna ask you, where Mm -hmm. did your Mm -hmm. beginnings in film start exactly?
1: So it was super, super, super random. Um, you know what, to go back a little bit further, so like I knew I wanted to do film when I took an elective course in high school, like my senior year, like literally as I was leaving, as like I had already decided like my major was business. So I was like, I might as well do something um, useful or whatever. Um, but my senior year I took an elective course. Um, what is it? It was like, it was basically AV. I forgot what the official name was. It was super complicated, but anyways, point is it was AV. So, um, we shot things, um, on like little dinky cameras. We edited stuff. We learned how to do like audio, um, replacement, all that stuff. It was super freaking cool. That's where I learned how to edit, um, on final cut seven. Rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was super cool, but anyways.
0: Oh, Final Cut Seven. I, oh, gosh. So fun. So
1: fun. I have Final Cut Ten, and I was like, uh. No, that,
0: was, that was just iMovie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Let's get real. They just ripped off iMovie. So dumb. <sighs> gosh. Anyway, continue.
1: Anyways, um, so that's when I knew I wanted to do film. But to be honest, my dad, he always he was obsessed with movies, so like we always had movies in the house. My mom was always like an art person, so like.
0: Your mom was the artsy one.
1: Oh yeah, she had a million and one hobbies. <laughs> like did she really? always no, she did like I started painting. That's another thing I do like painting. I mean, I'm not really advertising that as much, but right. I do um, low key like amateur like painting and like sculpting and whatever you want to call it. Um, my mom she always did painting, and then she was into um photography at some point my mom like she actually studied I think it was like journalism or like photojournalism or something um she didn't finish her degree but she like she was like she's always been the art person and my dad is an engineer he was in the military like they're like complete opposites yeah <laughs> Yes. Yeah. what so, did your
0: dad do for the military
1: um so at one point he was a drill sergeant at one point and then eventually Um, I think he was, like, a captain of something. I'm just, my dad has, like, a whole other life. (laughs) He he had
0: an authoritative Yes, he's
1: always been in, like, he's always been, like, the boss type of person. And um, he, like, near the end of his career, he was doing tech stuff with the Army. Um, He was also going to school while he was in the military. So when he got out, he went straight to being um, an aerospace engineer wow yeah so that's
0: and that's what he does today he's that's, an aerospace engineer mm-hmm. yeah that's so, remarkable that's a great career
1: yeah my uh it's funny my mom she's hoping either me or my sister would be engineers so she always had the nasa channel playing when we were kids <laughs> which is why i know so much just like random stuff about space and science like i love <laughs> science i would never like right like, right now i mm-mm. no math no. it involves math if it was just science i you know, in another life, I would be, uh, what is it, um, marine biologist. Right. Yeah. In another life, that's what I'd be doing because I also love animals. But um, anyways, the point is I chose film. Um, I love art stuff. So I um, decided to do film um, when I was a senior in high school because it's always been there in my life. But um, when I was editing um, in this elective class, I was just like, yeah, this is a thing that I like doing. Um so yeah, and then I went to state. Um, the second I started choosing classes for business, I was just like, "This is not what I want to do." Right. And I was like, "Just I'll I'll just change my major." And luckily, it was early early enough to where I could just do it. So.
0: Well, I think that's I think that's great. I think you did that at the right time. Yeah. Uh, when when like you know you're still doing the the GE, so it doesn't necessarily like.
1: It exactly. doesn't necessarily
0: matter how many changes you do. Exactly. But like, I, I, for example, I had a brother in my fraternity who mm-hmm. I, I respect so much, but he, I, I remember he was a sophomore or a junior when I first came into college and mm-hmm. he was still in college when I graduated.
2: Oh, oh, so he
0: watched yeah, me go through my, all those. four years yeah. and, and he never, he never graduated. He's still figuring out his thing, mm-hmm, which you know, is fine. but you know, it it's, it's, he he's gonna get there. Yeah, he's he has so many promising talents
1: mm-hmm. like you. No, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a race though. It's like yeah, yeah. whatever. It's life not is a race at all. Yeah,
0: no, no. Yeah. I you know, funny enough though, uh not funny enough, but but perfectly enough. Yeah, film. Mm-hmm. I I consider it. I think as well as others have considered it this the ultimate art.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It is the ultimate art because it brings in all the other mediums into one platform mm-hmm. and and it's ever so expanding and being challenged to this day yeah which is really really phenomenal yeah um it's what makes myself feel proud to be a filmmaker oh yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah. there's so many different ways you can even contribute your painting into the work somehow If you it is to. so
1: true like if it's like in the background like not just not just like a random painting in the background but it could it could add like, a well-placed piece of something, which also, by the way, kind of speaks to the art director in me. Right. A well-placed piece of art or decoration can add to the story of the person, um, not the person, but of the, like, of the whole, is the piece of a of the piece as a whole there we go Mm -hmm. words um or of the character who inhabits the space yeah which i think is really important like everything is like everything like the art directing and like the stuff that you put in the background of a scene could be as much of a character as the physical character that's speaking
0: do you have a do you have a scene in -hmm. your mind like that 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 has always kind of like spoken to you in that respect
1: (sighs) oh my gosh i watched too many movies oh you know what tell me oh my gosh Jade and i just watched knives out oh yeah oh my gosh oh so good um, knives
0: out was amazing
1: yes um but more specifically um there was like <laughs> like there's this like amazing set piece that is kind of reminiscent of the um oh my gosh people are gonna hate me right now but <laughs> like the um oh my gosh the Iron Throne. Yeah, in Game I, of Thrones. I thought you were going to mention that. Yeah, yeah. like you knew it because you right. also saw it yeah. though. But like that that incredible set piece of like all the knives like behind this like chair. Um, it didn't look like
0: a comfortable chair to sit in.
1: It's not. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just guessing, it's not. I it's I sound like I sat in it, but no, right. I didn't. But it looks like it's not. Um, but the point is, earlier in the film, there was a line um, where he said, "Oh, oh, fuck, is this is this spoiling the film?"
0: Is it? What?
1: I'll just say. Oh, it. the props. Yeah, the, there's this throwing line where he's just like, "Oh, he can't tell the difference between a real knife and a prop knife." Right. And then the guy he takes a knife from this from the spoiler set piece. alert,
0: guys. There is a spoiler alert. So I'm skip... not saying who did it. Okay. I'm just, not saying. Just who. Just skip 15 to 20 yes. seconds, and he... <laughs> then this conversation will be over.
1: He takes the knife from the set piece, and he tries to stab somebody with it, and it's a prop. Like it's ugh. Yeah. it is so good like it's one of those things like it has a purpose it's not just a pretty thing in the background right it had a purpose it's like it's literally it's literally a smoking gun like it it looks cool like you're just like what like are they gonna do something with it and then they do and it's great and, oh my god <laughs> uh, the,
0: there's not a single thing wrong with that movie yeah well there i, I there there were a few like Moments where I was like, "Wait, what? This happened? How?" And but like mm-hmm. overall, it's such a good movie. Knives that was phenomenal.
1: But <laughs> I was like so welcome to culture pop. Welcome we to culture about pop. You've <laughs> <laughs> been replaced with oh, has. You, you JJ. thought you were listening
0: to Mister Thrive <laughs> Stars of Tomorrow? No, no. you've been pranked. Welcome no, no, to culture pop,
1: where we talk nonsense. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's a great movie. But that set piece specifically, right. like, oh so good. There
0: was one. Very like very quick thing that mm-hmm. was done in a movie from a while, <gasps> while ago that, that I think was a really great set design, mm-hmm. art direction choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you ever see the first Rambo movie?
1: Oh, it's been so long.
0: The first Rambo movie is underrated, and I think it gets very diluted by the Rambo sequels that follow because they don't mm-hmm. have any depth. Yeah. The sequels that follow after have an absolutely no depth. But mm-hmm. the purpose of Rambo, the like if you just watch the movie by itself, mm-hmm. it's actually phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you get the DVD or you get you get to see the special features, mm-hmm. the first Rambo movie has an alternative ending mm-hmm. where Rambo doesn't live. He actually is killed. Ooh. And there's kind of like an old yeller kind of death where oh. his 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 commander kills him yeah. because he's gone rabid. Oh, and amazing. it's actually I think much more beautiful that way. I think that's where it should have ended. Yeah. But because it's Hollywood, he survives, and then he gets away with it by going he to jail. He wants to
1: survive, so they can make, so more, they can movies. make more movies and
0: money. Yeah. but yeah. but if you were to use that mm-hmm. that ending, mm-hmm. the meaning of the movie is to talk about the struggle and the wrath that Vietnam War veterans felt coming back to America mm-hmm. to a country that didn't welcome them. Yeah, to for a fight that they fought. Which is a very tragic reality, and it it it, it talked about that so well, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a King Kong story. And there's this one scene with the with the, um, I will say the captain of the police, uh, the captain of, of the police yeah. in, in that story. He himself is a veteran, which is what makes it super interesting, and yeah. he kind of hints to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there's one very quick shot where you see he's sitting at his desk, and you see that there's patriotism riddled all over his desk, and the very back behind him, there's a purple heart. Yeah. And there's also a folded up football flag. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see, like, so much is said in this one shot that takes less than three seconds to show. Yeah. And then it cuts to the next scene. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so whoa. Beautiful. And it's like, whoa, there's some serious messaging here. Yeah, beautiful. Again, Rambo, the first movie, First Blood, yeah. is so underrated. Yeah. And so, so overlooked. Mm-hmm. That I think it should be reassessed and can, and and reconsidered for what its purpose is because it's so beautifully done.
1: Good. Oh my yeah. gosh! Can you tell uh, we love films?
0: We we do love, and
1: films. we and we talk about films by referencing other films. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my gosh! It's like it's it's like I okay. Like,
0: this is culture uh, pop. <laughs>
1: this is uh, this or, is what happens when we talk about film Anyways, yeah. Oh gosh. But
0: but you guys are getting a sample for what Jillian does is 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 her remarkable ability to to guide a a conversation through a podcast (laughs) you know
1: speaking of meaningful set pieces and like using color i mean like that it's his motif like the the color palettes that he uses but just wes anderson just any of his stuff it's just it's cute it's, it's cute. such a fun story yeah it is it is such like just like any of his films they have this this he's really good um with with aesthetics um and putting things um like in meaningful places um he's kind of ocd like that i hear anyways it
0: doesn't <laughs> surprise me
1: it's so good it is so good and like that's how he decides to do his craft but like if you're talking about meaningfully putting things places he's also a good example of that oh yeah yeah wes
0: anderson um all the shots are symmetrical (laughs) yeah you know Mm -hmm. so much color involved and also some very simple storytelling he gets that from Mm. his ability his 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 previous experience in set design for theater see building sets like you can tell
1: like you can tell like he just he has a handle on the look of a thing is so good right yeah it's really remarkable (laughs) you know what if i could work okay if i could work with um any modern filmmakers i'd want to work with wes anderson or and or um what's his face Uh, jordan peele jordan peele key yeah jordan peele there we go jordan peele yes like i oh Oh. Both of those,
0: both of those directors are are amazing. Yes. Jordan Peele's uh, approach to filmmaking is mm-hmm. how can we produce something for the lowest budget and mm-hmm. the highest risk. So, That's his business model. So good. And i've I've come to I've come to regard Jordan Peele mm-hmm. as someone who is I, I think he does the business of film correctly. He does. You know, where yeah. it's not all business and making money for him. It's mm-hmm. about. I mean yes, there's a money-making element to it. Of he, course he, there has to be. But that's not the central mm. goal so to speak. He it's it's an art driven um, with a with a with a money conscious idea.
1: He he knows he's doing it he's doing it in a smart way. So he's telling yeah. risky stories, but he well no, not even risky stories. Like he's he's talking about real perspectives i should say yeah um and he's using a cast or main characters that aren't traditionally used right um and like but he's really telling like familiar stories but he's he's kind of just like switching things like he's switching the characters and like the perspectives and I think it's it is so cool. And like he's using he's using his money from like Keen Peel and like all of his like comedy stuff yeah. to make the things that he actually wants to make. I think it it is so smart. It he's, is so cool.
0: He's so talented. He's so smart. Mm-hmm. And I, I would love to see the way he works behind the scenes because yeah. he's he's some he's something else. Mm-hmm. He really is. Mm-hmm. And he's done such a great job over the years, by the way of creating the framework that brands what Jordan Peele is about. Yeah. Because there is a sense of comedy, Mm -hmm. but that comedy is met with irony that -hmm. tells a very important perspective. Yeah. And that's really what Jordan Peele is about in my
1: mind. He's like you can tell he he's paid attention. Like you can yes. tell he's not just an actor that got enough money to make his passion project. Like he's like yeah he's been thinking about this for a long time. Like it's like how like what what do I want my first what what do I want my di- directorial debut to be? Sure. And like he actually thought about it. Like it wasn't like some script that he had like years ago that he was just like right. I'm gonna make this now. No, like he ugh, so good.
0: Did you watch us? Yes. Did you like it?
1: Us was interesting. Us was very interesting. Uh, I I did like it. Of course I liked it. But, like, not just because he made it. But, like, that one I feel like I need to watch again. But I think it is definitely trying to say some things. (laughs) Like, (laughs) no, I'm serious. Like, it's... And I know that's super vague and blah, blah, blah. Sure. But, like, but you can tell um, that there is something that is trying to be... Like, literally, like, like I feel... Oh, gosh, I just need to watch that again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I need to watch it again, too. Yeah. I, the first time I watched it, I'll, I'll, I will say I did not like Us. Yeah. I am, There are some bits of symbolism that I picked up on that I think were great, uh-huh. but I don't... I think that certain details became so uh, focused that it's, like, it, it took away from mm. certain... that The more important parts of the story. Yeah. But I did like the way he built tension, and I did Ooh, like yeah. the idea... Of these doubles of us it's taking over, it. yeah, and it was like, oh, it's it's a creepy idea that just it got to me, yeah, and it and and the idea of built this wall being built, yeah, and it definitely was a great uh, uh, microscope, mm-hmm. you know, kind of revealing some some truths about our current political state, you yeah. know, the Jordan Peele's movies will be looked at in the future by other film students. They already are being looked at, but it'll be one of those things that survive in the same way that Maya Deren does.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I liked
0: liked Get Out a little bit more.
1: That one, one I feel, is more accessible, and I feel like it was super smart of him to start out with that one. Yeah. Because if he started out with Us, I feel like people would be like, what is happening?
0: What is happening? I
1: I think, again, he's just a smart guy. Smart business guy. (laughs) Right. But yeah, it's... A get out um is definitely more of like you, you can see like the like the issue is definitely something that people have talked about before. Like I wasn't surprised at all. Like when I saw the the um the trailers, I was just like, oh I felt this before. Like right. I know like this feeling and it's so cool that someone that a filmmaker of color is making a film about this exact feeling. Cause like yeah, like as a person of color that grew up in a primarily white neighborhood, like it's it's a thing like you can feel it like it's like this palpable thing that no one wants to talk about right and everyone's trying to like talk around the uncomfortable the uncomfortableness that they feel but they also don't want to seem like sure they're discriminating but they just don't know and they're kind of just like trying to be polite Mm -hmm. i don't feel comfortable around you but i'm cool Like, I'm not, you know, like, it's it's like this, like, anyways, oh, we can talk about that. Yeah, well, (laughs) no,
0: I'd like to ask you about that, because, you know, growing up in a white neighborhood, Mm -hmm. uh, as a person of color isn't the most easy thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, It's something you've clearly (laughs) had to deal with.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, oof, where do we, where do we even start? Do you have a, do you have a
0: specific (laughs) moment?
1: Oh, oof. You know, let me just, let me just say this. I was born in 1995. Um, I will... Okay. I'm just going to share two short things. Um, actually maybe three. Anyways, these are just super short. Cause we're not trying to make like a whole podcast about like race and everything. But, um, my quick story, my dad in like, I think it was like the seventies, um, his sister, um, she had like parked her car like in LA somewhere. Cause they, they grew up in California too. Um, and my, like, my dad had to go get the car. So um, the next morning, he went to go pick up the car that his family owned, and a police officer saw him trying to get into his own car, and the police officer beat him up. <laughs> like, like, they, like, they just, they assumed he was stealing his own car, and like, Whoa. didn't even ask any questions, beat up my dad, and then like, once they were done beating him up, he was just like, yeah, this is my, this is my car that's so
0: fucked up yeah they're just like yeah
1: but that's just one thing uh there's a whole bunch of other things but that's just one example that was in the 70s that's awful um growing up um like so growing up like just like just one of those things where it's like again growing up in white neighborhood um upper middle class so we weren't in apartments like we had a house um that my parents were paying for and like just walking around the neighborhood just the amount of like older white women walking past me crossing the street putting their purse on the other side of their (laughs) of them like away from me like just like little things like that i was like a 10 year old kid just walking by myself (laughs) you know and it's like so you learned it from a very young age oh yeah oh my gosh yeah and just like like you know when like kids point out like you're different and all that other stuff like for example um and I know no one meant this with malice in my neighborhood but like things like oh this is my black friend and taking pictures with me and showing other people and being like oh yeah I told you I had a black friend it's just like oh no offense that crow is so black I'm just like what (laughs) like that what anyways just things like that that like kids don't know like they don't really think about what they say but, like, being on the end of that, it's kind of just like, why can't I just be your friend? Why am right. I your black friend? Like, right. why did you need to prove to somebody else that you have a friend of color? Like, it's, I lived in one of those places. Right. <laughs> you know? And not like, okay. Not it's okay. It's not at all. okay. You no. Know? And my little sister, um, she got a scholarship to Berkeley um, and she ran track. And there were people in her class when she was a senior, they're like 17, 18. Um, telling her that she only got into college because of affirmative action. Like, that type of bullshit. That's what they were
0: telling your sister? Yeah, they
1: were telling my little sister this. And she graduated in, like, 20... Oh, my gosh. Like, 2015, 2016. Like, it's... We're not done, (laughs) is what I'm trying to say. Anyways, that's just a little taste of, like, 21st century um prejudiced as it has evolved like it's and like of course i can mention you know the whole police thing but like but there are smaller things that are still happening um that are more interpersonal and they're they're not as obvious as calling someone the n-word or like right. you know throwing things at people like it's little things like like differentiating between a friend and a black friend like right that's a small thing that has to do with the rhetoric that we use when talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just small things like that, like, instantly makes you the other. When, you, when you're when you supposed to feel like you're part of the community, it's things like that that make you, that remind you that you're not like the rest of the people.
0: No, yeah. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Do you yeah. think that it's getting better to this day?
1: Um, I feel like people are more conscious of it. And I feel like younger people are better about it. Like, they're better about actually understanding Mm -hmm. and actively catching it, like, either before it happens or as it's happening. I feel like it's harder for older generations to really make the change. I, I like, I really feel like as younger people, we're being better at not just calling other people out because, like, cancel culture and all that stuff. I'm not advocating for that. But, excuse me. But I feel like as younger kids are growing up, recognizing these things, it's easier to combat it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they're conscious of it as they're talking versus um, or as they're interacting with people.
0: I definitely feel like the discussions that need to be happening mm-hmm. are being had a lot more than before.
1: And a lot which younger. Which is what's
0: making the difference. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A lot younger now, too. Because... Ha-
0: yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No,
1: no. Go, go, go. I was going to
0: ask, have you ever watched the show Survivor?
1: Survivor? Like...
0: The the game show. Really?
1: No. I, like, I watched some episodes, like, a million years it's ago. It's one of the
0: few reality TV shows I actually ever watched, mm. but there's this one episode... Um, regarding this character who's an african-american named jamal mm-hmm. and everyone on the show they have their survivor buffs their bandanas that say survivor on it with the logo mm-hmm. and one of the characters even though his, him his white self his his name is jack oh, no. even though jack is wearing a buff mm-hmm. he mentions jamal's do-rag oh no and <laughs> yeah. then and then this jamal you know yeah instantly reacted but in a very productive way and so actually the episode became a very constructive one okay where jack and jamal sat down to discuss the race issues and what the implications are Mm -hmm. and it was actually it was amazing and jack was educated and Mm -hmm. um it was really beautiful yeah to this day jack and jamal are now roommates in rhode island
1: that's funny oh my gosh see i i'm I'm glad when things like that happen. I feel like things like that are happening more often at, like, a younger age, which I think is really important. And that's cool. That's a beautiful moment.
0: It, it is a beautiful moment. And, and you know, the show is watched by many, many, like, a lot like a lot of youth. Mm-hmm. And it brought up a lot of emotions. It was one of the most discussed episodes. This whole season, this whole last season of Survivor, <laughs> season 39, yeah. was kind of a little bit of a mess for other, other reasons. Yeah. But... This Jack and Jamal controversy mm-hmm. over the do-rag yeah. really sparked a lot of important conversation mm-hmm. that was very relevant. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was really well put together in terms of how they were able to, to convey the message mm-hmm. and bring it out there. The show took responsibility for it mm-hmm. and p- projected it out there in a very beautiful way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so it's a very, a very positive outlook on it all, really.
1: I have a question that might be playing devil's advocate. Sure. How much of that do you think was scripted? Do you think they scripted that drama? So, do you think they were roommates before or like they were going to be roommates before that?
0: No, no, they so they were not roommates before the show. Okay. Um, how much of it was scripted? Great question. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I've actually met a few of the contestants on the show.
1: Oh, cool.
0: And I actually, this season, got to meet uh, this woman named Lauren, mm-hmm. who's a phenomenal character. She should have won this season. <laughs> um, she yeah. was so cool. It just so happened that. She was a friend of a friend of a friend. Uh-huh. Because of that, because of that connection, I was able to go to this viewing party at a bar with her. Beautiful. Um, but, you know, uh, from what I can tell, at least from my perspective, mm-hmm. it's not scripted. I've also met one of the cameramen cool.
2: from the show. Yeah.
0: Um, who was like on the first season of Survivor. Yeah. And what he was telling me was that it's, it. you know, we're definitely there. Yeah. Um, what he tells me is that there are associate producers mm-hmm. on the beach with the uh, contestants. Yeah. Who... Maybe we'll, like, you know, maybe, like, massage a few things out. Maybe, like, say, Ooh. like, have you ever considered doing this instead? Yeah. You know, to make sparks fly. Yeah, yeah, But they never actually tell them, you know, they never hand them a piece of paper ha- that, that has say, their lines on mm-hmm. it. You know, they don't hand them a legitimate script. Yeah. I There are definitely some, some things that are either fabricated mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, used to help. If you watch the show, it, there are some things that happen on it that you just can't believe. Are happening authentically. Yeah, and it's pretty. It's it's pretty amazing what the show is able to pull off.
2: Cool. You know, yeah. I,
0: I, I always highly recommend Survivor because I think I genuinely believe, uh huh, that this is the most well thought out game show ever made.
1: Cool. You know what? I I'm glad to hear that because like whether it's script or not, whatever. It, I think the conversation that came out of it probably makes it worth it. Right. Right. Oh, cool. That is so cool.
0: I'm sure. I feel like yeah. I feel like we're talking about conversation right now, but I realize thinking about your craft, yes. and the work that you do, yes, yes, conversation is something that you want to spark with your work.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, if you haven't noticed, I like talking. So, <laughs> um, so I I like to talk about things. Um, that like I like to hear what people are passionate about. I like to share what I'm passionate about. I like to try and lift people up to do what they want to do I mean um how like with the with the few guests that I have had on adultish I try to so far it's just been some of my closer friends and them talking about the things that they love to do and like how they get inspired to do um their craft um, which I really love. I just like hearing from people. <laughs> yeah. The um, and input.
0: Give me your input.
1: My input. Uh, exactly. So, with that being said, um, I also do shorter episodes um, called, uh, I think we called it Words of Encouragement. And um, great in, episode. Thank you. Um, in those segments, I like to talk about like an issue or something that I'm personally dealing with, and I like to tell. The audience like what I wish someone had told me in those moments um damn I just (laughs) I, I feel like I sound so cheesy but like it's it's a thing that I want to do like no matter like I think like I've always um for as long as I can remember I've always struggled with um with like like depression like feeling with my own emotions also not um not officially medically diagnosed I just want to say that right freaking now (laughs) um but like like there are just like I know there are like there are so many things that have that I've thought of like like that like I I feel like sometimes my brain kind of like attacks itself like it's just like no one's going to listen no one's going to um hear you like no one wants to hear it, blah, 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 blah. Like all like the the negative things that keep me from doing things. Um, when those things happen, I think it's important to lift yourself up. And I want to do that for other people. Like I want to listen to other people because I know one of the things that I struggle with is feeling like I'm being heard. Mm. Um, and I like to talk about like mental health. Like it's, it is so important to, it's so important to keep yourself mentally healthy and it is so important to to have someone to be your rock. And if you can't find someone to do that for you, it's important to know that you can do that for yourself. Like I uh, I'm such I just uh, it's one of those things like especially because like in recent decades, um the rate of depression and like anxiety in young people is going up. It's like like no one knows why. Like people say it could be partially social media, like, it could be, like, just basically our environment is changing, and, like, the way that we interact with people is changing all the time, and there are more and more young people that are feeling um, more isolated and alone, which is ironic because the internet, like, gives us so much more access to things, and it's just, like, not, like, using our voices for things like cancel culture and stuff is, like, I don't know, it could be it could be part of why we're feeling more sad <laughs> at like a younger age. But like I, I think it's super important to talk about right mental things. It, and I want to be a voice to lift people up.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's you, you bring up some very interesting points for sure. Have you ever heard of Kirschgestadt?
1: Why does that sound familiar?
0: It's a YouTube channel. They make animated videos mm-hmm. and they talk about oh, different I have. concepts and whatnot. There was one episode they did on addiction. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: it's actually one of my favorite episodes, and I'm sad to say they actually took the video down. They took it down because it talked about addiction from only one standpoint, Mm -hmm. and they used it as their only reference for what addiction is, as if addiction is a black-and-white answer. Mm -hmm. They only supported one theory Mm -hmm. to it, and they later on made a video discussing why they took it down, which I think was very responsible.
1: I remember watching that, actually. And
0: they talked about one aspect of addiction – that contributes uh, to our depression, and that is that in today's age, mm. one trend that they're picking up on, mm. and that, again, this is only supporting one um, one perspective, mm-hmm. not all the perspectives that come with depression. Yeah, but that we are trading personal experiences for space for literal real estate.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
0: so so as as we're as we're getting farther and farther away from each other, mm-hmm. we're also buying more land. Yeah and expanding on it and you know open concept homes for example are Mm. are just a reflection of a way to do this okay um that open concept homes have been uh a a trend in real estate for the past 10 years it's been a a fairly recent thing yeah but in the past 10 years we've also seen more usage of social media Mm -hmm. the discovery of how to market and brand yourself and become famous through social media yes you know (laughs) (laughs) yes uh quote-unquote connecting with, with fan bases and, and new and more personal interactive ways, mm-hmm. it just keeps on getting more and more polluted when it comes to the digital sphere. Yeah. And yet we've been asking for more space. Yeah. Uh, in, in our physical lives. And that's a kind of a weird conundrum because, yeah. you
1: know. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know what? It's like, because I feel like on the... Oh, now we're talking about the internet. So, because <laughs> I feel like on on social media and the internet it's like you're putting up only the best parts of your life and it's uh, an actual person in real life is more complicated and more nuanced than just um i had avocado toast i did yoga this morning i like i drank this like green smoothie for lunch like all the moments in between like you're like you're not always like that that like i don't know what whatever personality you put online whether like you're like an angry person online or like a happy person online you're not that emotion all the time but if that's all you put online you don't want people to see the other parts because that's out of character and then it makes you a human and not like a marketable personality like i feel like that's wow we are just solving so many things
0: Let's solve the mysteries together. Let's
1: solve the world. No, we're not going to do that. But we're not going to do it. But that. we're just we're just hypothesizing about stuff. But like it's it is interesting. I think it is interesting. I I'm just trying to hypothesize like what like part of like why that whole space and like trying to be closer thing is. But yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's it, it again, and it's not you know, that, that point that I brought up, it could be mm-hmm. the answer to some perspectives, but not all of them.
1: It's not all of them, and, for sure.
0: And they're just, I think like, talk, discussing mental health and, and, and discussing that on your platform mm-hmm. is really, really amazing. Yeah, Having okay. that as one of the central focuses of what your podcasts are about, mm-hmm. uh, what your content is about, I think is so important. Because mental health, I think especially in America, mm-hmm. is one of the things, one of the places that we're lacking in. Yeah. Um,
1: oh my gosh! Yeah.
0: But but you know what though? I think that right now we're in this awkward compensation phase, mm-hmm. and I think the 20s coming up in just a couple of days, oh my our God. 2020s are going to be yeah. a pretty epic. Uh, it's it's going to be a pretty epic decade. I'm, oh. I'm pretty excited to see it.
1: It's it's going to be a thing. Like I feel like more people are fired up about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah, that like we're we're only we're only going. I want to say we're going up from here.
0: (laughs) I mean, I hope so. But
1: I think so. I think there's going to be a lot of... um, I think there's going to be a lot of discussions being had that have been pushed aside for too long. Far too long. I
0: I couldn't agree more. Do you have any personal resolutions for 2020?
1: (laughs) um, Personal resolutions. Um, I think just getting more people... like. Okay, this is kind of selfish, but it's my resolution. So <laughs> getting more people just to, just to see, like, what I've been doing, what, like, my friends have been doing. Like, I want us to have our time, and I feel like it's, it's time. <laughs> like, I, like, I, I've told you earlier, like, like, I feel like a lot of, like, after talking to a lot of people that we graduated with, not just in our thesis class, but just, like, people from our year, we only graduated in, like, 2017. Like, so many people are, like, frustrated, like, we're trying to get to the next step and we feel, like, okay, like, something has to give. Like, we're at that point where we're just, like, okay, when can I be professional? Like, I've been busting my ass. I've been doing all these things. Someone see what I'm doing. Like, I I think we're getting to that point. But, like, that's my resolution. I want, like, I want to, to, like, make my platform... Or, like, even just be a part of someone's platform or, like, something where, like, I want a breakthrough. <laughs> like, not just for myself, but, like, literally, like, I want to feel, I want something to happen for us to feel like we're doing something. Because we all are. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Is that a resolution or is that a hope and dream? I don't know.
0: Why not both?
1: It's both. It's whatever I say it is.
0: I, I think that's a re- <laughs> I think that's a really great one. My girlfriend and I have been, you know, kind of banking on this idea. Oh. This little inside joke between us. We're like, right now we're in phase one. Yes. You know? And I've been in phase one for quite some time. Yes. And then we've been joking about phase two. Mm -hmm. And phase two is we're both going to get better jobs that are more dignifying. And she actually already landed her job. She's going to be working for Otis soon. Otis uh, Art Institute, which I'm very excited for her for.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: And I'm still waiting to hear if I get into phase two come early this January. Mm. Um, so we'll see about that. If and when. Mm-hmm. It's going to be when. Not yeah. that I'm saying I'm going to get this job, but I'm not when gonna be phase working two is in I'm not gonna be working at Dave and Busters forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know that's which, never that's never the plan. Right. Yeah, that's never going to but, no but
0: phase two, we're gonna get better jobs, we're gonna move in together somewhere yes. in Santa Monica and mm. I, I've been telling her we're gonna get a Corgi because
1: <laughs> can I be the godmother of this corgi
0: <laughs> the, the corgi thing was a matter of she's like oh I love corgis they just have such cute butts and I was like I don't know if I want a corgi and, and then I... you saw
1: the butt and you're just like fuck
0: it. yeah the, <laughs> just the booty all that wiggle all that all that fluffy bread yeah. loaf jiggle oh, I love it you know oh, it so just cute. gets me going you know yes so yes. cute um, um, I don't know if I'm going to get a corgi but I, <laughs> I will say I will say that corgis are pretty freaking cute I'll
1: get you the corgi
0: Okay, we got a funder.
1: We got a funder. All
0: right, Shelly, you hear that?
1: In five years. Let's In go. In
0: five years. So phase two is a long...
1: No, 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 And, no, no. and then,
0: And then we joked that phase three, we're just oh. going to take over the world.
1: Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Can I still make my art? No. <laughs> Chaz. <laughs> of course you can. Okay, I was going to say, I mean, I'm going to have to move to a different planet if, like, I can't... Let me
0: put it this way. Shelly and I are never going to take over the world... So yeah,
1: I mean, we're not
0: gonna have any authority over I your I mean, words. you can be
1: a power couple in LA though.
0: I think we're already a power couple. Oh
1: wow, that is some big relationship energy.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm very confident about my relationship with good. Shelly. She makes me very happy. Oh um, good. I actually, unfortunately, so by the time you guys on the other end are listening to this, it's gonna be one week after mm-hmm. New Year's. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this is recorded a couple of days before. New Year's precisely on the 27th of December. Mm -hmm. And um, Shelly and I, Shelly actually, uh, I had to say goodbye to her yesterday because uh, tomorrow morning she leaves for Texas to visit her family. Oh, yeah. So I had to say like my parting goodbyes yesterday, which Uh was like bittersweet, you know, because it was was such a good, like, like, Shelly really has been the best part of my year.
1: Good. She
0: really has been. and. Uh Just having to say goodbye to her and not get to spend the time with her during New Year's, it's it, it hurts just a little bit, oh. but it not not enough to like take away from the relationship because we have so much more of the story to to unravel, which yeah. makes me really happy.
1: Yeah, it's you know you'll, she'll be back after she will be. There yeah. you go. <laughs> she will. Be. She just moves to Texas. Now.
0: <laughs> I mean, when she comes back, that's when phase two starts.
1: There you go. Oh, you my know, goodness. and I'm
0: I'm just really really excited for it.
1: Good. Okay. There's going to be a
0: lot of great things. Yes. I feel like you and JJ are already in phase two, though.
1: We're, you know, we are in the middle of phase two. In the
0: middle of phase two. Yes.
1: Because my biggest goal was to get a better paying job, and I did move to a better place, and we did. We have a dog. That, you know, that's been a thing we've been talking about, like, because we both love dogs. We have a dog now. Your dog, Katie. Our dog, Katie. We call her <laughs> Little Sausage. Oh, my she gosh. She is She's a Little so Sausage. She's cute. She's a Chiweenie. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah. So, it's really just... You know what? Here's my real resolution. Um, Being happier and more myself in 2020 i feel like that's the next personal step for me yeah yeah so like because i feel like i'm on this the other end of this like depression thing just to go back um but yeah like just being happy like i feel like i keep forgetting my perspective on things um and it's very valid
0: your perspective is incredibly valid
1: thank you yeah and yeah and I, i keep forgetting yeah like i have a good job that's another conversation. I have a good job <laughs> at the moment. And um, we live in a cool place. And I have a husband and a dog. What the heck? Like
0: <laughs> That's pretty remarkable, though. Yeah. And those, are, those are some accomplishments uh, right there. Gosh, some that so. I envy very much. Uh, I wish I had a husband like JJ. Oh,
1: yeah. I love you, too. No,
2: oh, <laughs> wow. JJ. No,
1: it's okay. You know, um, but yeah, I think yeah that's that's my real resolution to be more to be like to recognize the happier things instead of being like upset and stuff right yeah yeah right. i feel like that's that's like i feel like when that happens i can like you know. Right. Move forward with more confidence.
0: And not only that, but I think that with that happiness comes the your ability to yes. expand on your work.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, my me being sad has, like, gotten in the way of me making film stuff. And it took so long to make my podcast because I was, like, spending so much time, like, dreading recording. He's like, no one's gonna listen anyways. I'm just not gonna record. It's like, I don't have to record this week. I'll record next. Like, you know, that whole thing. So, like, I feel like being in a better mental state, I can actually stick to a schedule and be like, we're recording this now. We're doing this, which is what we're working on for the next season.
0: Well, hell yeah.
1: Of both podcasts. So, yes. Well,
0: that's pretty remarkable. Jillian, say if if Wes Anderson or anyone on the other end listening to right now wanted to work with you in the future, what is the best way to contact you?
1: Oh, I'm not going to give my email. (laughs) um hit me up on instagram jill's adultish um that is my most pop in social media um i also have a blog um also titled jill's adultish basically go to any social media and um look up Jill's adultish and i will be there um but yeah more specifically ig
0: awesome and jillian finally the question i ask everyone on this podcast yes to wrap this up <gasps> wait what?
1: Shout out to Brandon Sazio. Oh, yes. My beautiful editor and my my other partner in crime. Yes. And my business partner. He's an editor. Fucking look it up, please. Um, I will give you his original. He actually is a very talented <laughs> and great.
0: versatile individual. Very He's great. Very great resource and asset to have on the team.
1: Yes, he did the sound for my thesis film. He edited my thesis film. He helped me co-produce a project like he's been there to listen to all of my half-baked ideas depressed or not and he sits there patiently waiting for me to like get my butt in gear so he can have a job to do right um yeah he also edits the podcast he's amazing shout out to him i want to say that hell yeah (laughs) yeah
0: brandon sazio is a badass
1: beautiful beautiful human being
0: awesome cool um but to wrap this up
1: yes finally <laughs> yes the question i ask
0: everybody <laughs> yes on this podcast oh god what will you be famous for
1: what will i be famous for putting my foot in too many art mediums probably <laughs> doing too much
0: <laughs> jillian patterson ladies and gentlemen yes. thank you so much
1: yay Wow! What
0: a great episode! This production took time, energy, and money to produce. To support the growing business of this podcast, go to www.patreon.com/mrthrive to become a thriver today. That is patreon.com/mrthrive. From the bottom of my heart, thank you.